Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Sonny Lanarduzzi, and we're going to talk about YouTube video strategy. We're going to explore a content strategy that you can use to turn your videos into legitimate business opportunities for your business. I really think you're going to love this. By the way, if you want to reach out to me, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And before we get started, if you're new to this podcast, hit that subscribe button. I've got an awesome lineup of guests coming your way. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Here's Michael's tip of the week. So this week I've got a little productivity hack for you. This is something that I have found to be very, very effective. And my gosh, I am full of productivity hacks, but I'm going to focus on a couple things that I think are going to be really, really helpful for you. First and foremost, you have to understand that the human body and your brain works in rhythms, right? There are times of the day where you're best equipped to do certain types of tasks and other times of the day where you're better equipped to do different kinds of tasks. And if you truly want to do something that requires deep thought, creative thinking, you need to first identify when you are most in that groove. And if you're in a position of authority where you can control your calendar, like maybe you're the entrepreneur, the CEO, or the division head, you want to block those times as no man land, meaning no one's allowed to ever schedule a meeting during those times. Perhaps it's during your lunch hour. In my case, it's between 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. And then again, from four o'clock until five o'clock at night. These are times that my assistant 
never blocks a meeting because she knows and everyone around me knows that if I can stay focused during those times, I can produce like 5x the amount of ideas and output than any other time of the day. So it's really, really important to guard that time as like your most valuable asset. If you let little things creep into that time that are things that you know fully well that you could accomplish at other times of the day, for example, maybe during those off times, it doesn't require as much brain power, you're going to find a lot more satisfaction, a lot more productivity. Now, when I'm in those slots, when I'm in those zones, I don't just block them from meetings. I also block them from other forms of distraction. I put a do not disturb sign on my door. I put on my AirPod Pros, which I absolutely love, in noise cancellation mode so that I don't hear anything. In addition, I listen to music. I love Focus at Will, no affiliation. Been using their software for years. And what's great about Focus at Will is it plays music in a way that there's never, ever a break so that I can go for hours literally focusing on whatever I'm focusing on. So if you want to get a lot more done, be more self-aware what times of the day are your most productive times and block yourself from accepting any kind of distractions during that time of the day. Give it a shot. Let me know if it works for you. All right, let's transition over to this week's interview with Sonny Leonard Doozy. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Sunny Leonarduzzi. If you don't know who Sunny is, you need to know who she is. She's a YouTube marketing expert that helps entrepreneurs next level their awareness online. Her channel on YouTube has 500,000 subscribers. Her podcast is The Sunny Show. And her courses are The Authority Accelerator and YouTube for Bosses. Sunny, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be back. Today, Sunny and I are going to explore YouTube content strategy and how to make different types of videos for different types of goals and objectives. Sunny, it's been a couple of years since I've had you back on the show, and I know that your experience on YouTube has changed and evolved, if you will, over the last couple of years. So why don't you bring us up to speed on kind of where you were and maybe where you are now and a little bit of the journey? Yeah, it's it's certainly been a journey. I started on the platform five years ago now, and I truly started by accident. I was running my little social media consultancy here in Vancouver and, you know, a handful of clients. It was going really well. And then I started to get more clients because of word of mouth. And it just got to a point where I was very overwhelmed with the demand. And I also didn't want to have to hire a team. <laughs> so I was trying to figure out a way to basically clone myself uh, and be able to answer my client questions without having to get on the phone with them or go to an additional meeting because I just didn't have the time. And what were you selling back then? Just so everybody knows. Yeah. So I was doing full service social media marketing for these clients. Like I was community manager. I was doing all of their campaigns and content. I was creating the content. I was doing everything across the board. Mm. And majority of my clients uh, were very sales driven, of course, as you should be in business. And so my biggest focus in my consultancy was ensuring that the content I was creating was generating revenue for my clients. And what year was this approximately? That was in, oh my gosh, I'm trying to... Oh, you said about five years ago, right? So that's... Yeah. Yeah. So five years is when I started on YouTube. So prior to that, I was doing this. I had the consultancy for for about four years. Perfect. So keep going. What happened? 
Yeah. So basically out of pure desperation one day, I sat down and I decided to record a YouTube video and it was strictly meant to go to my clients because they were all asking me about live streaming at the time. And Periscope had just launched and I figured out, you know, this is how you're supposed to use it for business. This is how you can leverage live streaming for your business. And so I thought, okay, let's just package up a quick little video, send it to my clients, and then I don't have to talk to them individually. So I create the video and put no effort into what I looked like, what the quality of the sound was like. It was filmed in my tiny shoebox apartment in front of a window. I had a really cheap little webcam, which I still love to this day. And I just propped up my computer on a stack of books, filmed the video. And my only intent with the video was to make sure that my clients fully understood the concept of how to use live streaming in their business and that I wouldn't get any more phone calls after that. So I create the video. I put it on my YouTube channel, which at the time I had zero strategy. I wasn't even using YouTube for myself at all. I was very happy behind the scenes and all of the content on there was old demo reels and just random vlogs I had made um, and clips from when I was journalist. And by the way, that's pretty much everybody's YouTube channel until they have a strategy, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was just a mishmash of things. And you can go all the way back on my channel and, and check that stuff out. I kept it up because I think it's kind of cool to like have that story. Um, but yeah, so I, I create this video. I put it on my channel. I basically know subscribers at the time. And the next morning I wake up after just sending it to my clients, I wake up the next day and it's got thousands of views on it. Wow. And I was beyond confused <laughs> because I thought to myself, okay, I sent this to my clients nobody like really knows I even have a channel. How did this happen? So then of course my brain started to reverse engineer the process and I realized, okay, YouTube is a search engine. Periscope just launched. Therefore there's this influx of people trying to figure out how to use it. So therefore there's people searching for it and they're finding my video because no one else has made a video on this topic yet. So that's where this surge of people is coming from. And from there, I didn't have a call to action. I didn't have any way to contact me in that video. And somehow people were finding my email address, my website, et cetera. And I was flooded with these requests from all around the world of people saying, Hey, you're really good at teaching this stuff. Can we hire you? So my plan to basically clone myself and make my life easier kind of backfired in the best way possible <laughs> because, because I now have all this demand. And that really led to me wanting to understand YouTube on a deeper level. And I basically... I took it as an experiment for one year and I said, okay, what would happen if for the next year I just answer these FAQ questions on my channel? Uh, and I really understand like the keyword strategy and all of those things. And so I did it for a year and I never could have expected what happened um, within about, I believe it was two months. It was so long ago now, but I think it was within two months I got a message from the head of social media of NATO um, on LinkedIn. And he said, Hey, I watched your tutorial on YouTube. You're really good at this. Do you want to come speak to our delegates and NASA and all of these huge government organizations at our headquarters in Brussels? And that was my first speaking engagement, which is crazy. Um, and then from there, it's just my business just continued to grow. So my business continues to grow over four years. I really focused on creating a system and a systematic approach to YouTube. We call it the sunny system. And it basically basically creates this ecosystem a little bit of all of these different factors that drive more views and drive more traffic to your videos, which therefore creates higher rankings for you. And you get pushed out and suggested more to the right audience. And it really helps YouTube figure out where to categorize you because that's truly what YouTube is about. It needs to figure out who 
needs to see your videos and what is your main topic. So I focused on the keyword strategy for a long time. I focused on developing the Sunny system. We've had incredible results with the Sunny system for our clients. Um, I created YouTube for bosses and now there's like 8,000 people in that program globally, which is amazing. And then this past year, I really wanted to create another challenge for myself and and kind of do something different that I think people were used to seeing from me. And it's been a journey. Um, I will say that again. I feel like I'm starting from from scratch and it all kind of came out of a very unexpected source for me. I guess it's now been two months um, since George Floyd was murdered and there was such an eruption of, of racial injustice and people talking about it. And I had this whole plan because I'm such a planner of what I was going to create in my content, in my business. I would plan so far ahead. And that was what I was used to doing for a long time. And when that happened, it really broke me open as I know it did for so many people. Um, and it just brought up my awareness that I have a platform. I've built this platform and I should be using it for a deeper reason. And it certainly was a risk. I didn't think about that being the risk at the time. When I saw the comments, I realized how big of a risk it was. And it's definitely led to losing and like purging. So what did you do exactly? What's the risky thing you did? So I created a video called I'm Rethinking Social Media. And it was pretty much immediately following George Floyd being murdered. And I talked about how social media actually aids the system that is very broken because what it does is it is it segregates people if right. you believe in a certain thing the people that follow you will believe in that same thing yep. and that Social happens influence in all these on netflix <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly so it creates these little echo chambers and i realized the danger of that and even for myself i'm a white woman and so the majority of my followers were white women mm. and so I knew that I had a responsibility and it, and I just didn't make any sense to talk about anything else. So I made the video to try and bring awareness to the fact that yes, I work in social media, but I am very much so recognizing the problems with how social media operates. And so I'm trying my best to break it and do my work internally in my business, personally, on all levels to ensure that I'm creating a more equitable and, and inclusive platform. And the thing that came out of it that was really beautiful and has been this journey that I've been on since is George Floyd's daughter said, my daddy's going to change the world after he was murdered. And it is etched in my brain watching her say that. And I realized it doesn't matter what you're going through or how much pain you're in. We all have the ability to be the hero of our own story. Even if you don't see yourself as a hero at all. And if you look at yourself like that and you look at your past experiences, your past pain, your past triumphs, et cetera, oftentimes that's where your greatest conversations and disruptions to the world as we see it are going to come from. So that's kind of, I guess, the mission that I've been on since. It's not clear. It's so unplanned. It's been really challenging for me because I'm so used to being like keyword heavy and focusing on, you know, that system that I know works. But now I'm really devoted to showing up 100% as myself and allowing and, and empowering others to do the same while marrying the art and the science of social media. And the art really for me is the heart behind it. And it's your story. And it's the thing that you bring to the table that nobody else does. And businesses can do this. 
individuals can do this. And then the science of it is these algorithms are machines. And so you have to understand how to play to the algorithm. But if you don't do it with a level of you actually care about what you're talking about, it's a very short term game. Very, very fascinating. So what I'm hearing you say is you started out creating videos that you knew people were searching for. And then over time, as you built a following and an audience, you felt like you were going to share more of what you thought it was important for them, right? They weren't necessarily searching for it, but there was a section of your uh, following that resonated with your message. And now you're more sharing authentic thoughts from your mind and from your heart. And that's also a strategy that businesses could employ if they want to. And it's scary, but it's something that, you know, isn't necessarily dangerous, right? No. I mean, you, you can do it. And we're seeing a lot of the people I've been interviewing are beginning to share more transparency about the struggle, you know, that they yes. go through uh, in business or in life. And there's an audience out there that wants to, uh, to hear that because, you know, YouTube is not just a platform where people are seeking specific answers to quick questions. It's also a place where people go to be entertained or mm -hmm. to inform, be informed. And, uh, exactly. and they're all options out there. So, so this is a great backstory and, you know, you've done a great job developing and experimenting. And what I want to ask now is for the marketers that are thinking about getting into YouTube that haven't gone there yet, or maybe those that are there, but are struggling with it. Like, what do they need to understand about how YouTube works? I think the biggest, most important thing to understand about YouTube is that it's a different beast <laughs> than every other platform. And I really do mean that as someone who has worked on every platform and I did this for clients for a very long time um, and really had to understand all of the platforms. YouTube is a wonderful thing when you do understand how it works because it's the only platform truly that brings in long-term consistent evergreen traffic for your business. And so or for your brand, whatever it is that you're ultimately trying to build. And so for me, the, the biggest thing that I try to articulate to our clients is that it needs to know what you stand for and who you want to attract. So what is the category that they need to put you under? And I'm not talking about when you create the channel, they act, ask you which category you go under. I'm talking about if if you're a brand like, let's say Kleenex, the thing that people would be searching for is tissues. So what's the thing that you're going to be known for? What's the thing that you're trying to build authority in? Because that's how the algorithm works. It needs to know where to place you in order for you to actually get views. And that comes through the biggest source of your views and your traffic are going to come through search. So people searching for that topic, um, and then it's going to come through suggested. So once it knows where to place you, it's going to put you beside like-minded channels and videos. So the first question to ask yourself is, what do I want to be known for? What am I creating this content for? And the biggest mistake that people make when it comes to YouTube is they just throw up content without any thought process behind it, which ultimately just confuses the algorithm. And it doesn't help you in growing an audience because it's this huge sea of content and you're this tiny little speck that's trying to rise to the top and trying to get seen. And if YouTube doesn't know where to put you, it's just not going to happen. I like that a lot because, you know, we've talked to quite a few different uh, YouTube authorities on this show. And the thing we keep hearing over and over again is it's a long game with YouTube, right? And that's like something that social marketers have to really process because <laughs> the fact is it's not a long game on social, right? Like with mm -hmm. Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn, people are lucky to see your stuff for a few days, but with mm -hmm. YouTube, it could be for a long, long, long time. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a destination. And that's fascinating. So it's a good transition into content strategy. Let's talk about your sunny way or whatever your content strategy is, because I think you're right. Most of us 
are not doing uh, what you suggest we do and they're not getting the results that you're getting. So where should we start? What's the processes, the steps, if you will, to your strategy? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is understanding what's your ultimate objective and why are you using YouTube as a platform? And honestly, this content strategy can apply to all platforms, but we'll use it in the in the case of YouTube. So I look at it as a scaling funnel and that's what we call it. Um, and it's really looking at the three different tiers of how someone would get in touch with you or learn about you um, and discover you. And so the top tier of the scaling funnel is the broad audience. And this audience is generally your cold leads. It's people who are more of a viral audience. They may not really know like why they need you in your in their life or why they should be following you, but they're going to be introduced to you through these more broad general topics. And those are the videos that are going to bring in the most views and the most subscribers. Now I know I've, most people would say, okay, stop there. That's all I need to, <laughs> need to know. But views and subscribers are not the be all end all. Because if somebody is looking up something general and comes across you, that person isn't targeted enough to know what they actually need to do in order to convert into a client or customer. So those people at the top of your funnel should be directed towards your website, your e-commerce store. Um, they should be directed to an opt-in, your email list, a place where there may not be like an, an immediate conversion, but it's getting to know what you do so they can eventually be nurtured into being a client or a customer. Now, the middle of the funnel is more so for warm leads. These people are interested in achieving the objective you help people achieve with your products or services, but they don't really know how to get there. So the top of the funnel, for example, I would say for me is something along the lines of, you know, talking about, let's say passive income, because so many people want to know how to make passive income, et cetera. And so it brings in this really broad general audience of people trying to figure it out. And then I sort of introduced through my videos, YouTube is a great way to do it. So the middle of the funnel is ultimately going to be people who are a little bit more warmed up. So people in the middle of the funnel, I would give them a video about something like building a brand because these people know what they want to be known for and they know they want to generate passive income or they know they want to generate money from social media. They just aren't sure how to do it. So I need to inform them that by creating a really solid brand and knowing exactly what you want people to know you for and how to build authority is a great step to getting there. Oh, and by the way, a great way to build your brand is through YouTube. So I'm dropping that seed and planting that seed in every single video, but I'm not going right for it because people don't know that they need it yet. So those people would go to a webinar, a work workshop, something that's going to educate them further. And again, be more of an educational cycle than just going directly towards a pitch. And that level, the middle tier is going to get a smaller audience than that top tier because it is more specific, but it's definitely a warmer audience and a more qualified audience to become customers. And the cycle of them discovering you to ultimately purchasing from you is going to be shorter. By the way, we're going to dig in on, on these in more detail, everybody. So if you're if she's going too quick, don't worry about it. We're going to come back. So keep going. What's the bottom? Okay. So the bottom of the funnel is for your hot leads. And these are videos that are going to be directly relevant to the outcome of whatever your product or service provides to people. So for example, I have a video on my channel and it's called um, Lead Generation on YouTube or lead gener generation for entrepreneurs on YouTube. That is very specific. It's one of my least viewed videos, but it brings in the most hot leads because if someone's clicking on that video, they know exactly what they want. And they also will discover pretty quickly that I'm the person who can provide that for them. So it has a small number of views, but extremely hot leads. So it converts very high. And the process of those people going from not knowing who I am, not knowing what I do to ultimately wanting to work with me is very, very short. So 
it's basically finding the balance of all of those tiers in your content strategy. So for example, we have one client who works in the real estate space and he's created a program about real estate investing. And he basically attacked this by doing three videos a week, one top, one middle, one bottom. Mm -hmm. And he's now scaled his business to doing well over six figures a month um, in program sales. So, and his channel has grown quite quickly, but he's, he's no more than 10,000 subscribers, but that's the power of this. With just 10,000 subscribers, he's been able to scale to that place because he's using a blend of meeting his customers where they are, whether they know they need him or not in that moment. Perfect. All right. So, so far, what I've heard you say is that there's a, uh, your YouTube scaling funnel has different types of videos the top of funnel, the middle of funnel and the bottom of funnel. And mm-hmm. what I want to do is let's go through each one of them a little bit, just so we can get some more clarity. So the top of funnel type of video, again, if you wouldn't mind explaining what that is and, and maybe we'll just dig in a little bit on that, just so people can wrap their mind around that. I heard you say it's the one that's going to get the most views yeah. and the most subscribers, but maybe explain a little bit more, like what types of videos are these typically? Yeah. So we call these sort of like breakthrough videos or gateway videos. And they're the videos that, you know, I also call them guaranteed view videos. So GBVs, um, because you just know it's proven in your niche or your category that these kinds of videos get views. And they ultimately, the easiest way to understand it is they're very beginner and basic knowledge. Um, and they're appealing to the ultimate outcome that people are trying to achieve. That's more on an emotional level. So whether that's like financial freedom or finding love or all of these things, it's kind of a broad topic And it's based around the basic human needs that people have because they don't know how they're going to get there. But this video is sort of going to introduce them to that concept and what ultimately will get them to that that final destination that they're looking for. So for an example here, for if you wanted to create a channel about, let's say, YouTube. Yeah, you can (laughs) use yourself as an example. Yeah. So for me, top of funnel is something like uh, how to set up your your YouTube channel for success. All right. Um, the other top of funnel for me is uh, how to generate passive income. The other t- top of funnels videos for me were things like uh, once I figured this out, I became a millionaire. Those are all sort of like these viral concepts and very beginner concepts for people who are looky loose, but aren't quite sure of what they ultimately need and want. And then once they come across my videos, they start to understand, OK, if I set up my YouTube channel, then what, what do I do with it? What's the purpose of it? And then you start to go into building a brand in the middle of the funnel and the bottom of the funnel is you actually get sales from YouTube and this is how you're going to do it. So it's more broad and beginner. Quick question on the top of the funnel. I'm hearing you say it's more broad. It's more focused on the desired outcomes that people want. That might be a little bit more emotional. Mm Mm-hmm. I can only imagine so many of these you could do, like in your case, setting up a YouTube channel. I mean, like how many of them could you possibly do, right? Are these not that frequent or help me understand that? Yeah. So we, we try and incorporate them as regularly as possible. So every month, if I'm creating four videos a month and I want to ensure that I'm tackling all aspects of this content funnel, I'm going to do one video of each style. So every month I will try and do one of these videos that's going to reach the broader audience and bring in more viral views. 
Got it. So if you wanted to get a little more narrow, you could say how to set up YouTube channels for real estate agents, right? Exactly. I would imagine. Yeah. And if that's my business, that's going to be bottom of the funnel. And that's going to be really hot leads that know exactly why they're there and what they're setting up a YouTube channel for because it's directed towards realtors. I see. So, so the top of funnel really is getting videos into the broadly searched phrases, right? That, yeah. that are going to get you a lot of visibility, a lot of exposure. Sounds like they're not going to be as necessarily high value prospects or visitors or whatever, right? Yeah. How does that connect to the marketing? Yeah. So, so what it does is it's the real key of the top of the funnel is it builds your brand awareness I see. because you're getting exposure to so many more people from these videos. Are these people going to be totally hot leads who are going to be ready to buy from you? No, but you're bringing them into your ecosystem, into your universe so that eventually they're nurtured enough through your content to realize why they need to work with you. Now, when it comes to the call to action and videos, I'm hearing from a lot of the other experts I've had on this show that you should try to keep them on the platform. But I'm curious what your thoughts are as someone who's like a marketer teaching other marketers how to do this instead of just a YouTuber, some of these YouTubers who are teaching other YouTubers, right? Like how yeah. do you use call to actions in these kind of top of funnel videos? Yeah. So for top of funnel videos, they're a great opportunity to to keep people on the platform. You don't necessarily need to send somebody to a conversion site. What you can do from these videos is create what I call a spider web strategy. And you start to build a playlist of all these kinds of videos where they all connect together and that keeps people on your channel Got and it. it's going to appeal to a broader audience. Yeah. That's, that's where you might have another video showing right at the end, right? Or a playlist yeah. or something that keeps them watching, right? Exactly. These are the ones that tend to yield a lot of subscribers and a lot of watch time yeah. on the platform as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So now we go to the middle of funnel, right? Let's stick with mm -hmm. your examples, right? The building of a YouTube channel and the setting up a passive income. Like what kind of videos would be the difference for the middle of the funnel? Uh, talk to me a little bit about that in your case. Yeah. So in my case, the best example of this would be a video about how to build a brand or why you need a personal brand. Because if somebody's even knows what that term is. If somebody knows the term personal brand or branding, you know that they're at least a little bit in the game and they're trying to figure out how do I actually get seen? So in this middle of the funnel video, I would talk about all the steps that are, that are required to actually build your brand and get people to see you and build that awareness, all these things. And one of the things that I would mention is YouTube. Am I going to go super in depth on YouTube? No, because nobody is actually searching for that to find the builder brand video. But that allows me to kind of plant the seed with these viewers to say, YouTube's a really great option to start building your brand. And then my call to action on my middle of the funnel videos is always going to be sending them to a webinar, most likely. Um, it's going to be sending them to a further educational part of my business that will ultimately give them more information on how a YouTube channel could help them build a brand and then try and convert them into a customer from there. Now, one of the things when we talk funnels, a lot of people think of ads or emails, right? And they're thinking it's the same audience that starts at the top and funnels down. But is that the case? That's not necessarily the case here, right? You're Because no. somebody who subscribes on YouTube may not see the middle of the funnel, right? So help connect the dots on that part of it. Yeah. So that's where the whole sunny system comes into play. And that's really how we build out the cohesive strategy with all these content pieces. So regardless of if your video is going to be top, middle or bottom of the funnel, it's going to be at the center of your system. And when you put that video out, you always want to make sure that you're promoting it on your other platforms as well. And 
in your video itself, you want to make sure that you're promoting your platform so people can follow you in all these other places, because mm. then you're able to actually nurture them on other platforms as well. Plus it gives you a built-in audience. So I'm a big fan and it's a part of how we work with our clients. We believe in building your own audience because as you and I know, social media algorithms are unexpected and we don't own them. So you own your audience on your email list. So you should always be trying to drive people to your email list in some way, shape or form. So that when you do release a new video, again, doesn't matter if it's top, middle or bottom of the funnel, you have this audience that you own, that you can send the video to that, you know, will be interested, which then gives that video a ton of engagement and then tells the algorithm, wow, we should really push this and suggest it. And we should rank it super high in search. I love this because what I'm hearing you say is this middle of funnel, more specific in your case, like how to build a brand or why you need a personal brand video is going to have some sort of a call to action at the end of it so that you can hopefully collect an email address, right? Exactly. Yeah. It could be a PDF resource. It could be a webinar whatever. Right. And yeah. the hope is that you also already have a list and you're going to be using that list which is already somewhat warm, right? That's why they're yeah. in the middle of the funnel to send them off to watch these videos. So it works kind of bi-directionally almost, right? Exactly. Yeah. It creates this beautiful universe basically of all of these different lead sources and all of these different audiences. So they're diversified and you're not relying on solely one platform or one, one audience. Do you create the substance of these videos similarly? It's just the target audience and the, and the topic that's different. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the structure is always very similar um, for any of these videos. And we call it the hot script formula. And that's the formula we help our clients use. And when I say script, it's not like we're saying script out every word. It's basically a structure for videos that we know works on YouTube. All right. Before we get to the bottom of funnel, any tips for people that are thinking about which types of like there must be how do we decide like if we were to brainstorm like 20 different things, we could do a video on any suggestions on which bucket to put them in, like how to easily do that. Yeah. So we really encourage our clients to test. And so the first eight videos, if you're going to be putting them on your channel, I want you to try and think of areas for each level of the funnel, because that's going to allow you to test what resonates most and also what's converting best for your business. Um, and then it's also going to identify topics, which are more popular. And then you can double down on those topics by creating related videos and build out that spider web to keep people on the platform and watching a series of your videos. So I'm a big proponent of testing because you just don't know until you have the analytics and you need to know what we call your metrics that matter in order to know which videos are performing best for you so that you know how to grow the channel faster and how to reach more people based off of those analytics and the data itself. Okay. So at the top of funnel, we've got this, um, in your case, like how to set up your YouTube channel or how to set up passive income in the middle of the funnel. We've got something more specific, which is about building a brand or why you need a personal brand. Now let's talk about the bottom of the funnel in a little more depth. Like what exactly is the difference between the middle and the bottom? And maybe give us a couple of examples from your, uh, you know, experience doing them on your channel. Yeah. So the bottom of the funnel is really for your hot leads. It's going to be the lowest number of views you get, but the highest converting videos that you do. So the example that I use is the video on my channel, which is um, lead generation for entrepreneurs on YouTube, which is extremely specific. It's not YouTube for everyone. It's not about just building a personal brand. It's like, how are you actually going to make money for your business from YouTube? And that is what I do. And that's what our programs are based around. So I know if somebody's watching that video, they're already a very qualified lead for our business. So ultimately the bottom of the funnel is 
the easiest way to convert from YouTube. And I think that's the biggest thing people need to understand. And it's a massive misconception is that you have to have all of these subscribers and all of these viewers in order to actually leverage YouTube for your business. But it's just not true. When you focus more so on this bottom of the funnel, you're going to, yeah, not get like a ton of views or subscribers off the bat, but you're going to get really qualified traffic. And that's where at the beginning of this, when you were asking me, you know, what's the content strategy, the biggest question you have to ask yourself when you're starting on YouTube is why am I doing this? And if it's because you need leads for your business, you should be focused strictly on that bottom of the funnel. Strictly or heavily? Because you don't you want to use all three? Okay, perfect. You do want to use all three, but truthfully, if leads are the problem, you should be focused on that more than anything in the beginning. And you can do all of your test videos just focused on that bottom of the funnel. It is going to build your authority in a very specific niche, which ultimately is going to be the the thing that your ideal client is searching for and your hot clients are searching for. So that would be my suggestion. And whenever clients come to us and they say, I need to increase my lead volume, I always say, okay, go for a a bottom of the funnel video um, because that's going to convert the best for you. And I mean, we have a lot of examples of this, but we have one client who with 700 subscribers was generating 10K a month. And now he has 4,000 subscribers and he's generating $60,000 a month for his business. Crazy. So let's talk about how is this video other than just narrowed to to an audience different than the other videos and what kinds of call to actions are we using on these videos? So the bottom of the funnel videos, you're you're going to send people directly to your conversion site. There's no need to warm them up further. You're going to send them to um, whatever you're selling, whatever you're selling, whether that's, you know, you have a product to sell, you need to sell, send them to the sales page for it, or you have a course to sell. You got to send them directly to the call to action page to buy that course or to book a call with you. There should be the least amount of friction with your bottom of the funnel videos be, between somebody discovering you and somebody actually working with you. Can you talk a little bit about how the substance of this video is going to be a little bit different? Because it sounds like I'm doing a little more direct selling inside of this video, right? You're not necessarily doing more direct selling, but you are able to talk in more advanced terms because this audience already knows why it's there. Um, and so you're able to go deeper and there it's it's more advanced scripting, I guess, Um, because you're going to talk about things that would really only be relevant to them. Uh, You don't need to talk in broad terms. You don't need to be beginner with your information. This is an advanced topic because it is for people who already know they need to work with you. So I would love to talk about at the very end of the video, how you might recommend in this particular case, you get somebody to that direct sales page or whatever. I mean, like, tell me a little bit about like what, for example, what you might've done at the end of that video Uh, for entrepreneurs that you were talking about or hypothetical, another example. Yeah. So in our hot script formula, it's very basic, but um, at the very beginning, you want to start by hooking people. That's so important to keep people actually watching the video and to give them the reassurance that your video is actually about what you say it's about, because that does happen on YouTube. So the hook outcome and testimonial, that's the basis of the hot script formula. So you start with hooking people, then you provide them with the outcome of what the video is going to teach them. So they know they're in the right spot and they keep watching it increases retention. And then the testimonial is to say, you know, I've helped thousands of people blow up their YouTube channels, or I helped my client go from zero to hundred thousand subscribers in less than 10 months, et cetera. That's your little credibility factor. Um, and then you go into the value. So what is it that you're teaching them through the video? That's what comes next. And you want to get there as quickly as possible so people can walk away saying, wow, that person's really an expert. And then at the end of the video, so let's say it's the video on uh, lead generation for entrepreneurs on YouTube. At the end of the video, I would give two calls to action. So the first call to action you want to give people is you want to make sure that you are 
getting engagement on the video so that more people will see it. So the first call to action is if you like this video, hit that like button, be sure to subscribe and share it with somebody who needs to hear it because that's going to send signals to YouTube that it's a quality piece of content and they need to push it more in the algorithm to more eyeballs and more people who would be like-minded to that same person who watched it and enjoyed it and took action. Now, the second call to action is your conversion call to action. And so this is where I would say something like, okay, great. Now you understand how to generate leads from YouTube. How do you actually convert those into sales? I would love to talk to you about this. Make sure you book a call below um, and we'll get on a strategy session. And that's where I would send people. I would send directly to book a call with myself and my team. Are you using end cards? Or are you putting in the comments when you say below or what? Do you, how, where are you referencing? We just do the, yeah, we do all of the above um, description and we also do end screens. The typical length of a video I mean, you've done a lot. You have a half million subscribers. Like how long are you typically suggesting people? What's the duration that they ought to be creating these videos? How many minutes? There really isn't. That's probably the number one question I get asked. And there really isn't a hard and fast rule on this. I really go by the the theory that if it's quality content, people will watch the whole thing. My biggest piece of advice is don't put in fluff, don't put in filler, and don't tell people why they need to watch the video. That's one of the biggest mistakes people make. Okay. Explain more. Why would you not, you would think somebody might want to know what, what the value is. Isn't that the why? Or what do you mean by that? No, because if somebody's search, let's say, let's say somebody's searching for how to build a brand. Um, if in the very beginning of the video, you talk about yourself and you talk about why people need to build a brand for like three minutes, people are going to tune out because they're like, I already know I need to build a brand. That's why I clicked on this video. I don't need to know why I need to build it. I need to know what I need to do. Ah, okay. I got it. Got it. Got it. They want to get right to the action items is what you're saying. Get right to the meat. Yeah. Get right to the meat of the content so that people are like, oh my gosh, this is so much value. I'm getting so much out of this. This person is the expert. So that's a huge mistake people make is they, they talk about the why instead of focusing on the what. But you can talk about what you will discover in this video quickly, right? Like, so that they'll stick around, right? Yeah, for sure. So that's the outcome. So in the beginning, the hook, the outcome and the testimonial of the hot script formula that we have, it should take no more than 45 seconds. Now, I mean, how long have your videos historically been? Are we talking like five to 10 minutes? I mean, just some sort of a range. I mean, like I, I know so I I guess my my biggest suggestion is like try and keep it over 10 um, for several reasons. If you're over 10, you're going to be monetized on that video. Um, you can run ads on it. And then Um, For the other reason that YouTube definitely favors longer form content at this point. So um, they want to keep people on the platform. They want more watch time and you accumulate more watch time by having longer videos. So I would say if you can keep it to, you know, minimum of 10 minutes, that's great. But I also do hesitate to say that because if the video is good, the video is good and it doesn't need to be 10 minutes. And I make lots of videos that are short. Yeah, because you don't want it to be fluffy, right? Yeah, you just don't want it to be fluffy because the moment that you add additional information into your videos, that's not necessary to the outcome that you're promising people, people tune out and then it kills your retention. And then the video just sinks to the bottom of the YouTube sea and nobody sees it. Now, earlier you said that, you know, the middle of the funnel you're using to collect emails and you're also using those emails to send that audience that's warm back to the YouTube videos or using other social media platforms to do that. Are you doing the same thing? Are you emailing and sharing across all of your social channels, the top of funnel and the bottom of funnel, or are you mostly just focusing on the middle of you are? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm still sharing my videos across platforms. And that goes back to like the sunny system strategy of making sure that you're distributing it, which is a huge key of growth in YouTube is making sure that you're not just relying on the algorithm to work for you. You have to 
really show the algorithm that you're, you have quality content. And in the beginning, that's hard to do because you don't have the audience to give you that engagement. You don't have the subscribers. So we recommend building your audience on several different platforms so that they, they can all drive back to that YouTube video. So yes, I share my videos every week on all my platforms. Do you have any quick tips on how to share the YouTube videos yeah. across the platforms? Yeah. I mean, it, it's for me, it's really about being native to the platforms. I think you want to make sure that like, let's say for example, on Facebook, a huge mistake people will make is they just post the link to YouTube and Facebook doesn't want people to go off the platform. So you're going to get a reduced amount of reach. So the best thing you can do on Facebook is to create a little mini native video, meaning that you upload the video directly to Facebook. And it's like a 30 second teaser to a minute long teaser of the meat of what's in your YouTube video. And then you say, go to YouTube to watch the full thing. And you always want to place the link to your video in the comments, not in the description, because ultimately that's also going to kill your reach. So you're creating a little commercial almost for the video. You're not necessarily taking excerpts. You're creating something new and original. Is that right? You're taking pieces of the video and turning it into like a trailer is what I call it. Um, So you have like a little call to action on it. And then the other thing you can do too is like, don't even include the link and you can just type out search YouTube lead generation for entrepreneurs on YouTube to find the video. And that's a great way to do it too, because then people are actually going to go to YouTube search and they're going to click on your video versus anybody else's. And that signals YouTube as well to say, this is the best piece of content. We should rank this number one. So that's Facebook. Facebook, you want to do it natively um, as much as you can. Instagram, I do usually a feed post around the topic of the video that's like a little bit more in-depth and more storytelling um, and doesn't give away the whole video, but gives away little micro value points from the video. And then at the, at the end, I'll do exactly what I just said. So I'll say, because you obviously can't post a link in an Instagram feed post, I'll say search title of video on YouTube to watch the whole thing. What about stories? Yeah. Instagram stories. I love, I use them for every video. Um, we usually will create like a graphic that fits Instagram stories parameters. And then I'll just do a swipe up because I have that feature. But if you don't have that feature, same thing is you just want to create a story that says search X title on YouTube or send people to the link in your bio. What about LinkedIn? Just out of curiosity, are you using that much or no? So I'm not, I'm not leveraging LinkedIn right now and I should be, um, but it's on my, it's on my list of things. Well, to here's do. what I'll tell you. We actually link directly, uh, to, to YouTube on LinkedIn and, and it's fine, but, um, and we do the same on Facebook too, but it's, you know, we should be doing what you're doing. And I would imagine there's no reason why you couldn't do exactly what you do on Facebook on LinkedIn, right? Where you take that short, right. probably 60 second or shorter video. Is that, is it yep. generally how long it is? Yeah. And the yep. idea is to hook them, right? So I would imagine you're probably just taking some of the intro and editing out some of the some of the yep. standard stuff. And then, exactly. and then are you just putting text on the end of the video that says, look for the thing in the comment, or are you saying it out loud or how are you doing that? You can do it either way. I prefer text because there's so many platforms like Facebook. If people are scrolling through the feed, they're not necessarily going to turn the volume on. Right. Um, so I prefer to have it in text and you don't even have to leave it just on the end of the video. You could have it on the, the lower third of your video for the whole time. Perfect. I could ask you a million more questions, <laughs> but this has been amazing. Sunny, um, where, where do you want to send people if they want to discover more about you and all the things you've got going on? Like, tell us where, where they can go. I think the best place to go would be sunnylinarduzzi.com. And if you're very interested in leveraging YouTube, uh, it's build your brand or your business. Bossyoutubestrategy.com is the best place to go. You want to spell Sunny Leonard Doozy real quick, just in case people yes. don't know how to spell that? Yes. Um, so it's S-U-N-N-Y-L-E-N-A-R-D-U-Z-Z-I or Z-Z-I if you're American. Z-Z-Z-Z. <laughs> cool. Be sure to go check her out. Uh, she's got absolutely amazing stuff. Sunny, thanks again so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. 
If there's anything we said and you missed it, socialmediaexaminer.com slash 430. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you're new to the show. And if you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this podcast? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world in a good way. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.